David Sinclair is a Harvard biologist known for developing an information theory of aging. According to this theory, aging occurs because the inner workings of our cells break down as they lose critical information over the years. Last month, Dr. Sinclair published a paper focusing on experiments in mice in which he reports that he managed to prove this theory. In addition to that, the paper reports that he was able to reverse this process, turning back the clock on mouse age through what's called epigenetic reprogramming and understanding why animals get older in the first place, are key steps toward finding therapies for healthier aging in humans. I talked with Dr. Sinclair about his work for this episode of Making Sense of Science by Leaps.org. possibility of resetting the age of the body multiple times uh, and then uh, then all bets are off right if we can do that safely that's dr sinclair talking about why this paper seems to represent such important progress in understanding the aging process it was published in the journal cell on january 12th so what is the information theory of aging dr sinclair explains nine hallmarks of aging which we hear about all the time telomere loss, mitochondria, stem cells, you know, the, the drill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and based on yeast research that I was part of in the 1990s, um, we came up with the idea that perhaps uh, information is the issue. Uh, the, so I, I formulated what's called the information theory of aging. And it's a big difference between thinking that aging is just caused by things going wrong and, and, uh, and damage accumulating to saying, well, there's information in the body. It's like a computer that has software, and it's the software that goes wrong, so the epigenome in this case. And so making these mice and testing whether corrupting the epigenome um, leads to aging was was the bulk of the work, and then to, to really understand if that's what happens normally during aging. It's valuable to try to test and confirm the information theory of aging because despite all those longevity and anti-aging supplements already being marketed to you by thousands of wellness gurus, we still don't actually know what causes aging. One theory is that what's responsible is damage to the material that carries our genetic information, our DNA, and this damage causes mutations. But some research suggests that another driver could be chemical changes to the proteins that wrap around our DNA. The changes to these proteins switch our genes on and off. They're called epigenetic changes, and some researchers have observed that many more of them show up in people as they get older. That's led some scientists to think that epigenetic changes might be what's causing our cells to start acting in ways they shouldn't, which results in our organs made up of these cells breaking down, as we see happen in older people. To figure out if epigenetic changes are actually driving aging, as opposed to DNA damage causing aging, Dr. Sinclair came up with a way to affect the epigenetic chemical switches in mice that wouldn't result in any mutations. He activated an enzyme that would cause a type of damage leading to epigenetic changes, whereas DNA damage would happen but get repaired without the mutations. Then he looked at the mice with the epigenetic changes he'd given them to see if they actually got older, even without having any mutations. We could clearly see epigenetic changes that were occurring, um, but to ensure that it wasn't due to something else, we we sequenced the DNA of the cells that were aged and the mice that were aged. We sequenced them very deeply so that we could see if there were mutations that were occurring at the places where we created the cuts in the genome, uh, and there were none. Uh, and we looked at other things. I mean, more technically, I can tell you that Uh, One of the cuts occurs in the RDNA, uh, and we had to make sure that that wasn't the issue. So we looked at 
about RNA levels and protein translation and ruled that out. Um, and so the only plausible hypothesis after all of that was that it was driven by epigenetic changes. This appears to be a major step in understanding the process by which people get older. I did notice a few scientists, such as Dr. Charles Brenner, a biochemist at City of Hope National Medical Center, posting several questions about this finding on Twitter. Dr. Brenner says that Dr. Sinclair was a co-author on another paper in another cell journal that found the same type of approach used in Dr. Sinclair's more recent paper did cause damage to the genes. Such critiques are no surprise to Dr. Sinclair. There can be a lot of people who say, try and find holes in this, which is fine. That's how science works. The new paper represents research done by Dr. Sinclair over a long stretch of time, back all the way to 2008. Another experiment included in this same paper was that in addition to making the mice age faster, Dr. Sinclair tried to make them young again. And then to test whether mutations or uh, epigenetic changes were the cause, um, to truly test that, um, we reversed aging. And if, if aging was caused in our system by mutations, it should not be reversible, but it was. To do this, he gave the mice certain proteins, the kind that control how the genes of animals, including both mice and humans, get turned into RNA. These proteins are called Yamanaka factors, so named for the scientist Shinya Yamanaka, who showed that these factors can actually reprogram any cell in the body back to being stem cells, a kind of cell with no identity that you see in embryos before they develop into specific cells like brain cells or skin cells. This was a big discovery, so big that Yamanaka got a Nobel Prize for it. Because his research basically showed that using these four factors, you could reset the age of our cells. You could recover information that had been lost, which suggested the potential to clear away errors in the epigenome and the genome that happen as animals get older. Unfortunately, it was remarkable for another reason. It tended to cause cancer in experiments in animals. But more recently, it's been shown that just using three of these factors for a limited time may achieve benefits without resulting in cancer. And when Dr. Sinclair went with these three factors in treating the mice in his study, they got younger according to just looking at the mice and seeing how they were doing on a number of measures of health, as well as tests of their epigenetic age, sometimes called biological aging clocks. These aging clocks have been developed by Steve Horvath and others in recent years, Dr. Sinclair told me. Which was very helpful because just showing that your mouse looks and behaves old wasn't sufficient to convince the field that they were truly old. But when we got that result with the clock, uh, people were convinced. Another scientist, James Timmons at Queens Mary University, wondered if Dr. Sinclair's paper reveals enough about the types of clocks that were used and about the other measures of health and aging that were used in the study. Dr. Timmons noted that where the paper did present data on various physical signs of health and aging, this data may contradict the claim that the mice treated with the Yamanaka factors were getting younger and healthier. For example, Dr. Tubman said the lean mass was lower in the mice that were treated with the anti-aging therapy. But, he said, we should expect mice that are becoming healthier and younger to have more muscle mass. But Dr. Sinclair had an answer for this. He said that, actually, the older mice are the ones you'd expect to be more lean. Older mice tend to lose their body fat because they're not eating as much and um, they're on their way towards death. Um, and that's, that's it's a normal thing in mice to have that happen. They get fatter like a, a, an older human would, and at the end of their life it flips and they, they burn up their fat. But yeah, you know, this is a normal progression for a mouse. 
Doctors Timmons and Brenner pointed out that what's really needed is to run a study where you follow the mice all the way to the end of their lives to see if the Yamanaka factors actually turn the mice into superagers. I mentioned this point to Dr. Sinclair, and he said a study exactly like this was recently posted online, one that he wasn't involved in. Researchers from a company called Rejuvenate Bio showed that mice treated with the Yamanaka factors lived longer and scored significantly better on tests of frailty which is a good sign of whether an animal is getting older. Although, Dr. Sinclair noted, this other study from Rejuvenate Bio has yet to be peer-reviewed. They showed that if you, even if you reprogram a very old mouse, the equivalent of an 80-year-old human, uh, they live longer. Hmm. Uh, it's in bioarchives, so it's not yet mainstream, um, but you can refer to it. It's out there. There's now two, two groups that have used our methods to extend lifespan in regular mice. Wow. Uh, one group um, used it early in life and it worked, and then this group I mentioned used it late in life. Both are available online, but not yet formally accepted. In the Rejuvenate Bio study, another question worth considering is how much longer the very old mice treated with the therapy lived. You can check out the link to this research in the show notes. Dr. Brenner had another question about Dr. Sinclair's study. Was it blinded? Generally, you want trials like this to be blinded, meaning the researchers don't know, or they're blind to, which animals are treated. Otherwise, when scientists are inspecting mice to figure out which ones are in better shape, they know which ones receive the factors and which ones are in the placebo group, and that knowledge could bias their assessments. In Dr. Sinclair's experiments, they did blind everything they could, he told me. Note that he refers to ice mice in describing the mice that got the treatment. I, C, and E stand for inducible changes to the epigenome. We blinded everything that we could, uh, but there's no hiding the difference in how these ice mice look. Uh, in the picture, you can't hide that. Uh, but the samples that we took from them, they were all coded and blinded. And, uh, so that wasn't uh, an issue. The, uh, we sent these samples to other labs uh, in a blinded fashion. And when they sent us back the results, we were Dr. Sinclair said that a company called Life Biosciences, where he's on the board of directors, is now wrapping up a similar study in non-human primates in which the Yamanaka factors are being used with the goal of reversing the age of a specific part of the body, the eye. In other words, restoring vision in monkeys that have gone blind. The results of those studies will come out in a couple of months. Then it's into humans after that. If it takes us 10 years from here, we've, we've had a failure. So the monkeys will be wrapped up. Um, the first, well, the first study will be done uh, shortly, as I mentioned. Um, and then it's, it's pressing forward with making the material for the human study, which could begin uh, within the next two years. And what might that eventually mean, exactly? Well, I'm, I'm not putting numbers on it anymore. It's early days. It's like asking the Wright brothers, how fast are we going to fly? They have no idea. I don't think we're going to live forever. Uh, there's still entropy and we will lose information uh, over time. Um, you know, but I think that 150 now is, um, is a reasonable goal and that somebody today. Whether it's possible to extend human lifespan is a pressing question, as investments in longevity startups are projected to increase from $40 billion to $600 billion over the next three years. Many thanks to Dr. Sinclair for joining me for this episode of the podcast. I'm Matt Fuchs, and this is Making Sense of Science by Leaps.org. <laughs>